Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop Podcast. Join me in the command pod. Uh, this week is a, um, a bit of Paul that has become detached. Um, hello, hello, um, part of Paul. Um, did you, I mean, were you removed deliberately or did you just, uh, you just fell off? Okay. And what does, what does that bit there, the, the, the yeah, no, the, there, that, the tube, yeah. You look like you're probably quite an important part, Paul. Is he, is he, um, can he function without you? He, he, he can. Okay. Uh, well, it's very nice of you to join us uh, from your um, uh, bucket. Um, are you enjoying the show? <laughs> yes. Yes, anyway, well, well, thank you. Um, no, that's, no, 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 can you, um, no, no, not there. Okay. Thank you. Um, y- yes, no, we'll get a sponge or something. That's fine. Yeah, no, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. No, that's, that's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Anyway, uh, well, that was interesting. Um, thanks for listening, um, uh, dear readers. Uh, as always, you can find us on uh, social media. You can find us on the remnants of Twitter. Uh, at Billowing Hilltop. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at hello at billowinghilltop.com and the remains of Paul. We'll read your email and uh, do something with it. I'm not sure we'll stuff it into his bag. We are always grateful for any ratings or reviews that you may be kind enough to leave us on your podcast app of choice. That's it. Let us push on with episode 88 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, the name of which came from Clean Steve 4 on Twitter. Thanks, Clean Steve 4. Things can only get better. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to the Balloon Hilltop Podcast. Hello, readers. Good morning, readers, or good afternoon, whatever it is, where it is that you are, both of you. I'm not a reader. No, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them, Dan. Do you know about them? What them? (laughs) What Paul and Johnny? What's the worst that could happen? Paul and Johnny. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) I'm talking about them, Dan. The readers, the people that listen in. Right. You've told me many times that you thought that there were secret people listening to everything you said, and I said you were paranoid. <laughs> Turns out you aren't paranoid. Yeah. Bloke goes to the library, says, have you got any books on paranoia? The librarian says, yeah, they're all behind you. <laughs> I think I've told that joke on this before, actually. <laughs> now you're going to have to listen back through every episode to see whether We've you did. We've had a message. Shall we open Paul's distended sack? Oh, God, not again. A message. Yes, a message. We've had a message. <laughs> it's from Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. Thanks for writing Bob. into the show. Good evening, Kate. says Hello, Bob. Kate. I am a keen... Kate is short for Bob. Poor old Bob's just written in, and he doesn't want his whole letter wound up in some Blackadder reference that barely anybody <laughs> under the age of about 50 is going to understand. He's just going to think, why the fuck are you calling me Kate? Well then, young Bob. <laughs> Bob. Good evening, says Bob. I am a keen listener to your podcast and am enjoying every episode. Keep up the excellent work. During COVID, my former D&D has regrouped playing Dungeons and Dragons online and have been progressing through A Night Below, second edition box set for the past 18 months. It's amazing what positives came out of lockdown. I am now up to episode 12 of your series and have the good fortune of getting the Hesty Testapod ditty stuck in my head. Sorry, Bob. I don't suppose you have a link, as now my daughters want to hear it, as I can't stop singing slash humming it. Well, Bob, we will work out a way of posting a link to the Hesty Testapod song somehow. Put it on Spotify. Uh, 
don't think I don't think would they accept that? How do you how would you do that? I don't know. We'd have to research. Can we just put any old rubbish on Spotify? I think you can. <laughs> I think this podcast is on Spotify where we have 16 five star ratings. If you ever get the chance, uh, dear reader, to jump into your podcast app of choice and give us a nice rating, that would be useful. I also had a message. I've seen a message on social media this evening from a reader who has listened to 40 episodes in 10 days. Have they got nothing better to do? Well, I mean, you know, I think they quite enjoy it. He says, I've been sucked into this and have almost done 40 eps in 10 days. Long live Burple, was his message. Oh, long live Burple. There you are. He's obviously a man of distinction and and taste. I think he's got the name wrong. I said, uh, let's just hope nothing, you know, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, tell us about your cheese course. Paul went on a cheese course, readers, Yeah, and he's going to tell us all about it. Well, one thing I discovered was that the cheeses Mike likes are called territorials. And We're not going to get into the discussion about cheese and what you just asked me. Cheese, Paul. You, you have just asked me. No, no, I didn't ask you what qualified is. I just wanted I, just, I wanted a nice civil discussion about cheese, including maybe things it's that you consider cheese that I don't nice consider cheese. Civil discussion with cheese with you because you don't like cheese. There's cheddar, mm-hmm. Cheshire. Yeah. yeah, they begin with ch. It's yeah. obvious. Wensleydale. Everything else is. So you only like cheeses that begin with ch. I just think that there are a basic set of cheeses, and the rest of it is twisted science. Yes, so you get COVID nineteen and stuff like that coming out, and people start (laughs) playing God. I think you're very narrow-minded. Well, that's possibly true. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I am. I think there are plenty of cheeses out there. I mean, we've got loads in this country. We've got over fifteen hundred cheeses made in this country, which are delicious. But fifteen hundred blocks of cheese, Paul. No, I can just believe. But 1,500 types of cheese 1500 types sounds of cheese. to me like David Icke-level lunacy. No, anyway, what, are you talking about just the UK? or Yeah. We've got more cheeses, different cheeses in the UK than they have in France. Yeah. We've got Name three, them. and they've got none. There's Name them. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I mean, you know, the math is difficult, Paul. Anyway. Yeah, come on, Paul. Name them. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to name them. Like them. I'm cheese. I can name <laughs> them. There were three cheeses. It's really straightforward. I can name them. Yeah. Cheddar, Cheshire, Red Leicester. Greer. Yeah, what about Red Leicester? No. Just a variant of Cheddar, isn't it? Dan, I admit, Red Leicester, I, because I'm slightly less narrow minded than Paul likes to believe, I've allowed Red Leicester in. But well, I agree with what you. What about Gloucester? Actually, it's not really a But if it doesn't cheese. begin with Che, then it's <laughs> and, not. And obviously, if it's, if it's not English. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say there are plenty of cheeses which begin with Che, which aren't English. Cheese is an English word, Lucas. Edam. Yeah, it's an English Gouda, word. For... Uh, Again. The sick products of Twisted Science. What about mozzarella? You like mozzarella, don't you? Mozzarella is a topping. Dindy, dindy. (laughs) Dindy. Why why did the cheese get banned from the circus? Uh, Oh, God. um, I'm terrified. Why? Because he only had one stilt on. (laughs) Oh, Thank you. God. Thank you. <laughs> you have to approach this whole subject very carefully. <laughs> right. D&D? Sorry, no more, no more cheese. Well, those, they're not cheese jokes, are they? Right? Because they're about some other... Anyway. You have to approach the subject very carefully. <laughs> we've done, we did that just then. <laughs> we've just done we that just one, Paul. Then. We just did it. Oh, for this God's is what I'm sake. saying. You know nothing about cheese. <laughs> you just blunder into these... Anyway, where were we? Did I know more uh, about cheese than you do. Oh, uh, where were we, actually? I can't remember where we were. Oh, we're in the we're in the can. We're back in the can. Me, 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 me. I need to go to the right map, Thanks, don't Charlie. I? Because you're in the can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've been fighting a black dragon, Ilthane the black dragon. She had fled the scene. And you're left to your own devices in our old friend, the Whispering Cairn. And as we left things, Burple had 
started acting slightly strangely as you started explored it okay had purple had acted even more strangely than you (laughs) differently strangely because you found that a passage a cavern corridory thing that was previously blocked when you came to the cairn the first time is now unblocked where are we going to start who wants to start with what does it look like you could store cheese down here? Um, oof. I mean, yes, because it's a, it's a cave. It's a cave. It's good ambient temperature. Yep. It might be the right humidity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Just a good question, Paul. It's the one yeah, I was asking. Very good. Question, you got there Paul. first. Well, yeah. we could let's let's get right into it. I'm going up to Burpool. Have a look down that corridor, dinner. down the new corridor. Okay, Mike. What you see, Buggy, is Burple seems to be sort of slightly transfixed. We'll come back to what Burple is doing in a second. We'll just go in any order. But at the end of that corridor, uh, have you got a light source? Yes, you have. You've got your... Um, light pebble. Uh, and also my flaming sword. It gives out light. You can see at the end of this passage that there is an object that looks like a wooden frame on a stand on a little plinth. The wooden frame is a semicircle, and then within it, held within it, a bit like a mirror in a frame, one of those turny full-length mirrors, is an oval, a large oval of a sort of solid black material. That's what you can see, Buggy. You've never seen anything like it. But that's Uh, not what I'm seeing, right? No. Burple, where Buggy sees a, a solid black surface, you see a space, a gap leading somewhere. Somewhere dark. I mean, you don't know why. First of all, this thing is glowing blue, as far as you're concerned, Burple. Right. The whole thing is kind of dimly glowing, like a, almost like a fairy fire kind of effect. Second thing is that the black surface that occupies the centre of this frame, the meat in the, uh, in the sandwich, the cheese in the uh, cheese donut is not a solid black surface but a space a, a, you, a doorway because you've got the sword of Zosiel right so it's giving you some sort of entry the question no. you can also feel a sort of weird compulsion you know me asked me at the end of last session whether or not this was it yes I took your question to mean is this the thing that we know well you and I Dan know that Burple has sort of been seeking but didn't know what he was seeking You definitely get a sense of this must be something to do with the itch that you can't scratch. Yes, you feel a sort of weird compulsion to approach this thing. Not an irresistible compulsion, but you feel a compulsion to know more about it. It feels like it's part of whatever is missing from your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I do a light spell and throw it through? And so I'll do it on a stone on a pebble. Oh, that's a good question. And I'll try and throw it through. Uh, no, is the simple answer to that question. Where you can see an opening, when the light spell gets to the point where you think the opening begins, and what Buggy can see is this light spell arc through the air and impact against this black surface, which seems to ripple weirdly, Buggy, like the surface of a pond or something. Mm. There's a rune carved, uh, now that the light pebble is sitting right square up to this thing, there's a rune cast on the front facing of the plinth that this thing is resting on. Uh, Burple, you recognise it. I do. Mm. As being... It's the same rune as was carved on the plinth of the opposite doorway. Well, whatever it is. And it's the rune of Ecosiol. You know that that rune means Ecosiol in Auron, the language of the elemental plane of air and perhaps the wind dukes. Yeah. That's something that you would remember from before when you explored the cairn before. Okay. And moving up to this thing... Can I stick my hand through this thing? Yes. Can I throw the light spell once my hand is through? Yes, you can. You can push the light pebble through the plane of this object. 
the moment that it is through and your hand is holding it, you can see through into a chamber corridor type thing. We'll just move across to the other map just briefly so that you can see this. Tonight's beer, by the way, Mike, is Arbor. Yes. Texas Sunday morning. Ooh. A hazy Ooh, India nice. pale ale. It's um, Amarillo, Citra, and Idaho 7. It's quite strong, though. It's 6.5%. It's delicious. Tonight's beer for me is Cloudwater. Of course. Of course. Delicious. Um, ba, 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 ba. Well, it's left over from the D&D weekend, mm. which was enormously good fun. Uh, mm. Readers, we've all been away playing D&D for days and days, and it was an enormous laugh. Can you see anything when I do that? No, I can see black. 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 Can you see anything now? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that is a space that seems to exist on the other side of this. Mm. I think that's about as far as your light spell is going to show. It's a 20-foot-wide, I don't know, is it a room, is it a passage? Is it a door, is it a jar? You can see there seems to be sort of an an opening at the other end of that area, but I think Mm. your light spell's not going to show you much more than that. Maybe dimly you can see that there might be a space beyond the end of this, but that the opening into that space is only 10-foot-wide. Your hand, when it passes across the plane of this thing, feels extremely cold to you, Burple. But the other side, the temperature feels the same as it is where you are, and you can detect a strong air current, like one of those Dyson hand dryer things. Okay. <laughs> is the best way I Is can, it making the same noise? The best way I can, <laughs> there's no noise coming across the plane of this thing to you. No, okay. Do it, Dan. Just go through. What? Just go through it. Do, are you Do coming? It. Yeah, I'm coming. All Buggy can see is... Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm stepping through. reaching his hand into the surface of this thing. You're stepping through. Yeah. And if the rest of us can't get through and you can't get back, that'll be interesting. You have dark vision. Purple. I have dark vision. You have dark vision. I have dark you vision. You have dark vision. And a light spell, obviously. 30 feet or 60 feet? 60 feet. Okay, well, let's open up a little bit more because you can see past the end of this thing. When you step through, so first of all, I should tell you something. When you step through, Purple, many things happen within you. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> the first thing that happens within you is you feel a weird sense of completeness. It doesn't feel like a completed process, but you feel that something that's been bothering you forever that you've not been able to articulate. You feel a weird sense that somebody just found that missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle that had fallen down the back of the sofa. Oh, please. Right. <laughs> Second thing is you also feel weirdly diminished in a way that you just cannot put your mind upon shrunk to the size of a mouse well i mean it could be that you've been transformed to the size of a mouse yes and that you're standing in a shoebox okay but it's more it feels more like a spiritual diminishment and you're not quite sure what that is the third thing uh, and more disturbingly than all of these things is that during the point where your body was passing across the plane of this thing Mm. your mind was suddenly seized by a vision of a river of blood that you felt compelled to throw yourself into and follow its current. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. So yeah, while, I know that one. While I was sort of, tra- just to clarify, while I was traversing Precisely. the yes. the the plane of the whatever this is, this gate. Yes. Yes. I I had a vision of a river of blood. Yes. That I wanted to follow. <laughs> yes, that's basically exactly right. It. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Lovely. Okay. Can I see the banks of the river of this blood? If I know, it, I must be able to. If it's a river, I, I must be able to see the banks. It was more of an unformed thing. It was like a, an impression in your mind, rather than something that you've like a men- you're taking a mental photograph oh, that you can refer back right. to. Anyway, that's what you can see. And can I travel back again? You can. You find yourself back in the passageway. Right. I will report to the others 
what I have found. Okay. Others? Others. It's another space. <laughs> it's a gate. Let's go. <laughs> this is role-playing at its finest. Yeah. Let's go. This really is. Come on, It's only team. one place this pack can work. Let's get okay. through there. <laughs> well, let's proceed forward. Okay. Um, Alessandra takes a running. Well, this, is, this seems significant to me, right, Mike? I knew it was a gate, and... It, yes. It sort of resonates with my background. It resonates with something, yes. And so, uh, it certainly seems so significant yeah, to you. I mean, to I would say that it's, it's significant, investigate. period, as it were, because you've visited the cairn before. Well, all of you apart from Buggy and Alessandra. Yes. And not found this. It looks like somebody's uncovered this since you were last here. Has the testapod, we think. Could be. Was His he? travelling trunk is tucked away in one of the side passages. Buggy saw it when you were fighting the dragon. Okay, so I'll call out to see if Hester Tesla appears. Yeah, fine. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. So uh, it's probably safe to s- assume he might have gone through or gone somewhere else, but either way, we can ignore that for now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, unless he's deeper in the cairn. I mean, yes. you know there's a lot more cairn that you're not, you know. Anybody yep. fancy doing a short rest before we carry on? Yes. I was going to say, what I'm kind on five of hit state... Points. Are you in? Well, okay, that's not great. I'm on maximum. I'm on maximum. I'm also so on maximum. I've done quite a few spells, though. I don't mind taking a long rest. Should we do a long rest? Yeah. It's about I, quarter past yeah. two in the morning on on Wednesday the 3rd of I think Fart. Long rest would be good. I took quite a lot of damage in that. Yeah. In the 595th year of the regiment or the order. Let's take a long rest. Which, which side of the thing is Dan on? Oh, I'm back on the Cairn side. The Cairn side. Let's go back to the old map. We're we taking a long rest. Or a short Are we taking? It takes you through to the. Takes you through to the. Are morning? we undisturbed yeah. if we take a long rest? Yeah. Okay. The dragon doesn't return. If that's what you're worried about. Okay. So long rest. Right. Pressing the long Pressing rest. The long rest. No. Dragon's also taking a long rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, you can. I mean, it, Are we pressing um, the button. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That takes yeah. you through the night and into the morning. The the, yeah. the yeah. rosy fingers of dawn slowly creep their way into the cavern as the day begins. So I will, uh, since nobody's asked, I will volunteer nice some information <laughs> oh. to to everybody. They just think you're scaly bonds. They just, yeah, they think I'm yeah. scaly. Attack, attack. I, I don't know very much, by the way. Oh, oh in that case, well, let's carry on then. Much. But because I apparently, <laughs> apparently I was about three or four when <laughs> when I was briefed. But but my dad. So do you remember we got that we got the piece of paper from the faceless one that joined with the other piece of paper? You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And on that wow. it describes mm-hmm. a figure with white eyes. Well, that's basically who. Well, I seem to remember a figure like that from my early childhood, and I think that he's well my mum died from the red death mm-hmm. and my dad left i had I, apparently i think i also had a brother um <laughs> but what i'm beginning to suspect is that my dad was a wendim a what well a figure of some sort that may be related to the wind dukes yes yeah you'll have noticed by the way everybody that burple is clearly not much of a sharer <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, since this is only coming up now but I mean, I suppose you've only known each other for a couple of weeks. Thinking about it in terms of D and D time. Well, we've been to we've been to the capital. We've been to the games. You know, somebody give me a than... flat intelligence check, uh, or anybody who's got religion or history or uh, mm-hmm. proficiency in Arcana can got plus can four on religion. Roll. Go on then. Oh, oh, sessions gets a flat mind. eighteen. Okay, sessions. If you reach back into your mind about the the law that you feel that you've picked up 
over the, the scant couple of weeks that you've been adventuring, mm-hmm. the law that relates to the wind dukes, of which there was an awful lot at the beginning of this story, but not very much since. You do remember a reference to something called the Wendeem that Burple has just mentioned. I don't, you don't know whether or not Burple knows this, so you can share it with him. But the Wendeem are one tribe cast whatever of the wind dukes can't remember very much about what sets them apart from the rest of the wind dukes but if burple feels that some figure in his childhood was a wendeem if he's picked up that word from somewhere from his mum or something mm-hmm. that would make sense that they were therefore a wind duke of sorts yeah good ones the or people bad that ones built all or... of this well wind dukes are good people they are the people that fought off the queen of chaos and misca the wolf spider millennia ago in the battle of the fields of pesh using the Rod of Law, which broke into multiple fragments at the point that Miska the Wolf Spider was banished to another plane and the victory was won. You know this. I mean, (laughs) I have no illusions about whether or not you know this, but your characters (laughs) know this from the lore they picked up at the beginning. They know that Ecosiol and Zosiel were involved in that very struggle. Right. Zosiel, whose tomb you've already found, was involved in the battle, but that Ecosiol, you feel may have been the figure who used the Rod of Law to banish Miska the Wolf Spider. So Kosiol was a really serious Windduke hero. And the Wendim, your recollection sessions, is the Wendim are a tribe or family or caste of the Windukes. Okay. Well, I relay that to everyone for fear of forgetting it very quickly. Yeah, well, it's all going to be recorded, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I suspect, other see, I suspect that I may have traits. Mm-hmm. So so I'm drawn to the, the well, this gate, I guess. So I can sense that there's, that it's there but i couldn't find it and i suspect that it's something to do with this um with my mother and my father and okay that's cool so that's Um, what i know your mother died 19 years ago and you're what 20 something 23 24 25 25 so anything that you've picked up therefore any recollections that you're drawing upon now must have been picked up by you before you were five or six years old no wonder your understanding of this stuff is a little sketchy. Yes. Cool. Right. What next? Oh, a couple of things. You mentioned oh, finding yes. things. So mm-hmm. there's something to do with Hesty here. What was that that gave us the impression well, he was here? Well, in one of the side tunnels that run off as you pushed your way into the cairn during the Black Dragon fight, Buggy spotted Hesty's travelling trunk uh, and some sandwiches that were scattered around. Okay, and within Hesty's travelling trunk, is there anything yeah. that's obviously Hesty? I mean, the, the person... Yeah, well, anything that is clearly of here. Oh, loads of his stuff. I mean, I think probably one or two of his spare micro gowns yeah. <laughs> will be in there mm-hmm. with the chasing dragon motif. Okay. Plus uh, some of his curly-toed slippers, mm-hmm. one of his nightcaps, you know, those kinds of things. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take one of those. Also look for anything mm-hmm. that might be part of him. Toenail clippings. physically part physically of him, like part of, yes. or something? Yeah. Okay, I think we can, I think we can, I mean, it's, this isn't CSI Diamond Lake. Just just think, what, I think what physical residue might be on one of his micro gowns. Yes, exactly. Okay. I think we're talking about some residue, something that's been brushed against the hem, the lower hem <laughs> of one of those gowns. Perfect. From something that has swung against it, that yeah. hem. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, I will, uh, yes. <laughs> Treat it with all due care. And stick it in my backpack. You'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respect. Are you going to cup it gently in your hand? If possible, I'm going to pick it up with on the end of my mace and <laughs> ooh, gently drop it into my backpack. 
fine. And you can find something. Yeah. Then I want okay. to go and you... find something. I'm going to go and oh, scour God. the remains of the uh, dragon battle. Uh, these are spell yes. components. I'm Yes, I'm looking for scales. Yes, you find some black dragon scale fragments. Excellent. I'm going to take those as well. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start... You can, do that during your, you can do that during your rest, obviously. Yeah, yeah, because I'm going to start memorising uh, scrying as a spell. Uh, Burple's already got scrying, hasn't he? Has he? Used it, yes, used it to uh, track Rachnian the other day when you were um, oh, down slightly in the concerned about where Rachnian might have got to. We were oh, well, then I'm not going to bother memorising that. I'm just going to point out to Burple these things would be useful for him. What else is anybody doing during your long rest? Uh, nothing. Science. I'm going so to tune to the um, flame tongue sword. Okay. Are there any yep. dead bodies around? Um, other than, uh, no. Oh. By the way, Johnny, I've been catching up with our previous adventures and there was a, an extended discussion about whether or not you would animate the dead body of Grimbold yeah. to use as your uh, servant. Can, can we say it's in my bag of holding? Yes. Oh, great. Okay, well, take him out. I do animate dead on him. I find this very distressing, Uncle Buddy. Oh, oh sorry, uh, Cousin Sessions. You've just got to let go, man. Yeah, man. It'd be like he's with us again. Uh, <laughs> well, it, well, it probably is effective. Like he, is with, he is with you again. It's just not perhaps in the way that, you know... Well, maybe you can abandon him again as well. I suppose, yeah. Fate. yeah. Alessandra's going to go up and see if she can put her hand through this same portal gate. It appears very I mean, from what Burple has described to you, it doesn't resemble Burple's description. As far as Burple is concerned, it seems to be a, an opening. Yeah. But for you, it's like a solid black surface that every now and again you can kind of detect a sort of kind of ripple, liquidy, warpy sort of movement. It's like putting your hand through a, a glass a window pane rather than an, uh, an open window. Uh, yes, or sticking your hand into a pool of tar or oil or something like that, perhaps. It feels cold, very I think... cold as your hand goes through it. Yeah. You feel like almost a sort of tug, Alessandra. You feel like once your hand is through, it's like it's very, very natural just to relax your body and let yourself go, and this thing would just kind of whoa, pull you through if you wanted to. Have we finished our long rest? Yeah. Yeah. She looks around. She looks around. Everybody else goes. Shall we? Yeah. Are you not? coming? Yeah. Sessions, you coming? Yeah. 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 Right behind you. Parker, you behind me? Yeah. yeah. Any second could, now. Oh, Any second move. now. Won't be long. All right. I'll go. I'll relax myself and let myself go. And before you know it, and the last you find thing yourself I think in, about the, in the chamber that Purple described to you. Uncle Buggy will proceed forward also. Thank you, Uncle Buggy. You're for just that. Uh, with Grimbold. Yeah. Got it. Alessandra, Buggy and Grimbold, you're you're standing in this chamber. It's 20 foot across, left to right. It stretches away ahead of you before there is an opening into a following chamber that's only 10 foot wide. So it looks like it opens into a wider space. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your dark vision, Alessandra? 60. So you can see down this passageway, about 50 feet to the opening at the end, and then it opens out. And you can see about 10, 20 feet into this other chamber. There is the suggestion on your right past the opening into this subsequent chamber that there are some sort of weird spiky somethings kind of sticking out into your field of view on the right. There is a howling wind all around you so strong as to make conversation difficult. You think, for example, Uncle Buggy, you're a spellcaster. Yep. A mighty wind. You think that... (laughs) It might make spellcasting a bit difficult. 
Certainly anything with a verbal component might be quite challenging. Ah. There's no light apart from what is being emitted by the light spell that uh, Burple left in here before he came back and picked you up in the cairn. That is all I can tell you. I think I'd like to go as probe into probe mode. And you can see on our map our little spiky protuberances that you can yeah. just make out. Burple is moving up a little bit. You can see a little bit more Burple. Can I come through? Yes, absolutely. Sessions, you can step through the portal. A strange cold sensation as you cross the plane of this thing. But no weird Getting worried now. You're leaving else. Parker to last. Okay. It's, it's not going to go well, is it? Alessandra's going to move up as probe. Well, Obviously, Parker, are you coming through? I am, yes. It says, only the real Parker may pass. <laughs> <laughs> feels very cold. It feels alien. You feel you're being moved through from one side of something to another side of something. But actually, your sense, your kind of orientation and your physical sense is that you're now five feet away from where you were before you stepped through it. Given the wind, I don't think there's any need for any stealth checks. Alice, I'm just going to step up to the yeah. kind of the doorway on the opposite side of the corridor yeah. so she can see more about what's going on with these spikes and what's going on in the next yeah. room. So let me reveal a little bit more to you. You can see, Alessandra, as you approach the opening into this other chamber, you can see that you're looking into a, a chamber with columns. Oh, yeah. Spiky mm-hmm. things. Yeah, they're strange mm-hmm. spiky things, and there's a wall on the far side from you. So you're looking to your east, and you're looking at a wall yeah. that's running from north to south, straight in front of you, about Ooh, 30 foot about 40 feet away mm-hmm. in this chamber that you're peering into there is a weird kind of you know like on the in, um, saving private ryan you know like on the normandy beaches the tank trap things sort yeah of, the tank traps right there's a weird assemblage of sort of spikes like jacks or tank traps or something they look absolutely lethal they look jagged you can't tell if they're like a a natural spine-like material or if they're a carved or crafted or created glass-like metallic sharpened material but whatever they are they cover a kind of area of about about five foot by about 15 foot sitting in front of you and you can see on your right just inside this chamber there's another one quite near the opening yeah i reckon obviously these spiky things are just primed to attack to be blown or flung against. The ceiling's about yeah. 40 feet high in this chamber. The ceiling in the passageway that you're in, the wide passageway you're in, is only about 12, 15 feet. There are stone pillars running from floor to ceiling. Uh, they're intricately carved. They're not rough-hewn. Looks like the finest, only the finest materials. Mm-hmm. You can make out on your right, that means on the southern wall of this chamber, Alessandra, a double door. Uh, a yeah. large stone double door. On either side of that door are carved stone images of tall, elongated humanoid forms. Not a species Mm -hmm. that you're familiar with, but some kind of humanoid. In between the carvings of these forms, but not including the door that sits between them, are little openings. Each one is about an inch in diameter. So the wall is dotted with these little holes underneath each of these holes is a little basin about the size of an apple right so you could maybe presume that maybe if water was to flow from one of these holes it would like a little like a drinking fountain it would fill the little basin that was sitting beneath it Mm -hmm. very odd Mm -hmm. very odd there are strange undulations in the carving of 
both the walls and the doors, which make them seem more like a curtain than a level surface. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into with Parker about surfaces and levels and stuff like that because we'll start running around on them. <laughs> Twisting runes wind over the walls. Uh, again, you're not familiar with the script, Alessandra. And in okay. a final detail, just exactly the kind of detail that adventurers hate. The floor has got channels carved in it as if to transport water, but nothing flows there now. This is like one of those many rooms which we hear about and we never ever figure it out. It's a puzzle Let's we pick up never... With buggy Sessions, Parker, Burple. I will command the zombie to proceed forward into the room. So, Uncle Buggy, you're running up to the doorway? I'm going up to the doorway. To stand by Alessandra? Yep. yep. And the zombie you is... You can see a bit more, Buggy. Let me just show you what else you can see when you go there. Your angle has opened up a bit more of a well, view of the Well, I'm going to the, the doorway until I can see the whole room. Not stepping into the room, just in the doorway. So you can see that the room extends. There's more of it to the north than there is to the south. You're coming into this room in its western wall, about two-thirds of the way down from the northern wall of the room. Sorry, readers, this is all horrible geography, but basically it's a big chamber running from right to left as they're coming into it. These columns are spaced out relatively equally in rows from south to north. Okay, the zombie will go into the room. So, basically, this isn't quite respect for Grimbold. You've just basically recreated him so that he can be your sort of stooge. So um, much for the respect, respect for the for the dead. I don't mm. want to get into this kind of discussion. No. Yeah, you're probably right. But. Bad Uncle <laughs> Buggy. I think that's what you know. How much do we know about? I mean, Grimbold is what a zombie. Do zombies yeah, zombie. have feelings? Yep. Does zombies communicate? Can you talk to this zombie? Uh, I can do command you know it. What? Yeah, so it can understand it when you say "walk forwards, open the door," yep. right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. But can it tell you? what it senses its intelligence is three understands okay. the language it knew in life but can't speak fine okay well it's standing there give me a perception check and can alessandra burple parker and sessions in fact everybody give me survive survive wisdom survival checks so a perception check from buggy and then survival checks from everyone oh mm. <sighs> I've got a 23 survival. 12 survival. Okay. Okay. Stop rolling survival checks. Seven for the Um, And What was your perception check? Seven. Fine. Sessions. While everybody else is fanning out into this corridor, you notice something. You notice tracks on the floor. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that these crazy air currents are blowing through this chamber, there are still traces of what look like human... You think a humanoid has passed this way... You think that they're tolerably recent, these tracks, right? We're not looking at something that was laid down eons ago. It wasn't yesterday, but it was it was relatively recent. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I will. That's what your survival check tells you. I will share that information. Is there any indication... Like a single individual processing from where you've come through the gate through to where the others are heading mm-hmm. into that main chamber? Sorry, I missed that. What have you seen, Graham? Tracks. Tracks. Footprints. It all seems quite obviously hesty, leading... You know, are we being led down a full track here? Down garden path, yeah. Yeah, it's all very easily, this is hesty, this is where he went. I think hesty is on our side. You yeah, don't? I'm not doubting that. It's whether or not we're being led down something on the assumption that we're following hesty. When it's not, I'm just right. waiting for these spikes to attack. It's windy here, isn't it? Yeah, let's just be aware. So these the spiky wind, things the are going to start flying in the air and mm. shredding everybody. Well, can we prepare any defensive type spells? That's the question. I can do 
see invisibility. I've got a gust of wind. I don't have a gust of wind. I have daylight. Mm -hmm. I have wall of force. Spirit guardians. A wall of force. I have a wall of force. Cool. I have two walls of force, in fact. What about Parker? What about Burple? What about... I'm going to advance a little bit. Uh, so where do the tracks go? The tracks run effectively west to east, straight through this chamber and into the main chamber. But when they get when they get to the chamber, where do they go? They sort of idle a little. They head further east into the centre of the chamber. Give me a survival check. 13. You... Yeah. You think that they head south towards the double doors in the south of the room. That would be your sense. It's a little bit mm, it's a little bit confused, but that's what you think. Okay. What we need is Grimble to kick off the combat. Then we can yeah, get to Grimble, uh, the zombie will head towards well, the southern scout. doors. Poor. Scout is different from kind of catalyst to combat. Yeah, but we've got to scout that door to the south now, now that we know that that's the way forward. Yeah, what am I going to so do? Grim you're, you're a rogue what, probe, aren't you? Yeah, you're, that's your job. Rogue yeah, probe, can't can't listen, you lead the small listen, print on the character listen at, listen at the door in a howling wind. Oh, I mean, to, to stop trying to spot traps. traps, check whether it's locked. There are all sorts of useful things that a rogue <laughs> probe can do. <laughs> Grimbold is moving to, I'd say... Go, explore the southern door to the zombie. Okay, so, what, Grimbold is going to stump sort of, what, south? Yeah, towards the doors. East? How's it going to tell you if it's towards, found anything? Towards the doors? Hmm? Well, I, that's a good question. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm just shouting instructions in the doorway. Okay. The zombie of Grimbold stumps towards the doors, looking particularly sullen, but then there's no, <laughs> you know, real difference. <laughs> From the uh, Grimwald, we all open the door. Really open the door, I say. Grimwald uh, slamming against the door or something. Yes, Grimwald sort of pushes and sort of leans against this door and maybe Shoot I don't know manhandles it. But cannot. I mean, there's no obvious handle on this door. Um, have we have we hit another door scenario? <laughs> I, I, God, You're good at doors, aren't you, Paul? Well, it, yeah. All right, let's just hope he doesn't. What about Parker? Because Parker's not behind done me. <sighs> Sitting um, in the back of the class there, Parker. Parker. If it is the real Parker, I don't feel you have to contribute. Yeah, we're all welcome here. Everybody's <laughs> able to take this on at their own pace. But if you want to do something, don't let the others steal the limelight. You don't. No, want I'm to. just. Okay, let's go back, back to. Okay. Uh, Alessandra's session. Yeah, moving up towards the thing. Session moving up. So you're all kind of congregating. Alessandra will uh, move up to the door. Near the doorway into this big chamber. Alessandra oh, will yeah. move up to the door. Um, will she'll try and look for traps and and investigate. Okay, Alessandra. Yes. Let's trace it through on the map. You just show me which squares you stepped in. All right. Just I want to know now how you made your way through the room. I made my way in th into Let's the move room. Move your miniature square at a time, so that we towards can see. Towards the middle, exactly. Uh. Then each time you move your miniature one square, I can determine whether or not anything happens. Okay, so, so that's okay. fine. You step into that square. Next square you stepped into, just to be certain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then to there. Yep. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Fine. You make your way to the double doors. Give me a perception check. That'll be a grand twelve. Terrible role. A couple of things. Yes. The double doors have got a very, very faintly recessed design carved into them. You need to be that close to determine it, but it's a it's a single upward pointing broad arrow, it's about. 
four foot high this design carved across the the two doors so it would be split in two were the doors to be opened the second thing that happens alessandra is when you step into that square in front of the door mm-hmm. the little apple sized basins that sit underneath the holes on either side of you interspersed around the carvings of these strange humanoids you little bugger start to emit a vapor mm. it runs up and along and melds with these reliefs on the wall, generating a fluid image. It basically something that Burple, who's standing in the doorway, recognises from. Yeah, we the, saw these before, didn't we? In the, yes, in the in the true tomb of Zosiel. Yeah. Earlier in your journey as adventurers, it's all about the truth. <laughs> you. They're like historical story yes it sort of animates it's like a sort of weird wind duke cinema (laughs) thing the gas plays over the carvings to animate them and you see a scene wherein a figure that burple you recognize as being the figure ecosial who you've seen in previous carvings in the other parts of the can you see ecosial fighting at the battle of pesh fighting twisted creatures of chaos it's a sort of general scene but it resolves into a final detail a final image which shows ecosial forming an alliance with a powerful creature now the creature sort of emerges out of this interplay between the gas and the carvings looks nothing more like one of the giant mechanized suits of armor that were operated by the anvil of thump The scale tells you that it's larger than the suits of armor that the Anvil of Thump operated, but it's the same principle. It's like a sort of animated, mechanized, metallic, constructed creature. A construct. Of some sort. Ecosial seems to form an alliance with this machine, this construct thing, and then at the end of the display, Ecosial is depicted holding a large square seal. Not uh, 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 seal. <laughs> uh, seal as in seal of office, seal of power, like a large object, and a long rod or staff in the other, as if to display them to the viewer. The moment that the picture of this staff resolves in the image purple, you are seized by a strange compulsion to approach, but you can resist it as quickly as it uh, appears. I don't mind gone. approach. Sure. Show me how you're approaching. Just show me which squares you're uh, walking through as you approach. I will follow the same path. So you're following the path that Alessandra has... Um, okay, yeah. yeah where's fine. the door? The door's... I don't know where... The door's it... in the centre of the southern wall. Alessandra and the zombie of Grimbold. I can't really get any closer. So. Zombold. No, no, you don't feel like... It's just that you saw... When you see this, this staff depicted in the as part of the interplay... Yeah, does it look... That's what, like... With this, this staff, what, is it a rod or was it a staff? Is it a door or is it a jar? It is... A it's a rod, of seven rod parts. or a rod or staff. You know from your earlier encounters with the law of the Battle of Pesh, all of those characters who survived from that long ago, which is actually not that many of you, that during this battle, Ecosiol used an artifact called the Rod of Law to banish an entity called Miska the Wolf Spider to a far plane and thus win the battle and that through so banishing Miska the Wolf Spider the Rod of Law shattered into seven pieces 
Yeah. Fragments of the rod of law, otherwise colloquial, colloqu- sorry, other easy for me to say, otherwise colloquially known as the rod of seven parts. Maybe that's what Ecosial is brandishing. But does it look like it might be a piece or just an? An- it's just an animation. And it's just an animation. It's just right. and it's and it's intact. Yes, your understanding yes. of the rod of seven okay. parts is that there are seven ragged fragments of this once uh, wonderful object. This is the wonderful object in its full form. Right. Um. Sessions, Burple, Alessandra, give me intelligence checks. Buggy, give me an intelligence check. Not my strongest suit. Nope, no, Sessions wasn't paying attention that day. I think it's a 19. Burple, uh, looking at this door, the symbol that Alessandra has um, determined is carved into it. You know what that symbol means, Burple. It is the symbol of law. Right. The alignment of (laughs) law the plane of law, the metaphysical force of law with a capital L. Right. Yeah? As in Judge Dread, Like, <laughs> law. In big gold letters. Yeah. yeah. I'm neutral. Like the 20th Century Fox logo. Mm. Law. That's what that does it, arrow does means. Does it uh, look magical? No, it just looks like a carving, but you know that that's what it symbolises. You know the symbol, the equivalent symbol for chaos is a multi-pointed uh, arrow. It's mm. Michael yep. Moorcock, uh, isn't it? Well, it certainly echoes that kind of Elric, uh, Melnibonian mythos. Yes. Well, are you going to open the door? Don't know. You're going to open the door? It's have you, spot you, have you look, checked it for traps? Not oh. yet. I haven't had a chance. Oh, get on with it. I mean, Grimbold's failed to Get on with it. I'll head back. Same loop. <laughs> right. I'm going to get out a... Yeah, give me a, perce- give me a perception check. Well, I'm just going to get out a pen and paper, because this time I'm going to write instructions on how to open a door. Getting. Let's keep it moving. A 26. You don't notice any strangenesses about this door. You think that it opens towards you. There's no handle. You think you just basically have to slip your practiced fingers into the crack and give it a good tug. I will slip my practiced fingers into the crack and give it a good tug. Okay. When you do so, Mm -hmm. first of all, the twin double doors swing open, revealing a passageway leading to your south. Mm-hmm. that ends in another set of double doors. In front of you, to the south of you, about 20 feet, there is a large statue. It looks like it's a statue of a wind duke. Alessandra, your understanding of wind dukes is sketchy. Yes. You've picked it up from the others. This wind duke might be something to do with justice because it's carrying in one hand a, a great sword mm-hmm. that is holding like a long sword, and in the other hand, it is holding out a balance, a set of scales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next thing you notice is that it forms the center of a crossroads. So there are passageways leading off to your right and your left as you look south. Passageway off yep. to your right, normal passageway. Passageway off to your left, a blast furnace like heat is emitting from that area. You can see the glow of either glowing coals or fire or something, and you can feel the warmth blowing around that corner and north up the passageway towards you. Okay. It's a tangible heat, and you can hear the crackle and roar of a fire. Is it still really windy? Not where you're standing, no. There is less wind in the chamber that you're in now. Okay. But you have nevertheless got a a, a breeze blowing into your face now that you've opened this door. Mm -hmm. Surrounding this statue are floating globes of light seem to be orbiting this statue, very slowly progressing around it at a distance of a kind of couple of feet. Iron stones. Yeah. More like sort of dim orange wear lights. As the door (laughs) opens and you look at this scene, Sessions, Parker, Buggy, Mm -hmm. Burple, 
from the corridor behind you, manifesting themselves out of the very air, the roaring air currents that are bedeviling you, three figures appear. They seem half made of air, half made of smoke. They seem vicious, they seem clawed, they seem malevolent, and they rush towards you, reaching for you, and we will find out what they mean for you. And just how much trouble you're in when we pick things up. Really next not in trouble. Weak bastard. Mm, mm. Might be. Might be. Nasty. The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. A Gathering of Winds and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. A Gathering of Winds was written by Wolfgang Bauer. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening! Hello folks and welcome to the promo of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast that focuses on all things tabletop, from RPG design, GMing, and casual nerd talk about all the games we love and hate. What you can expect from the podcast is professionalism, genuine conversation, I can't cast magic for real. I don't know what it means to have, you know, 160 IQ and have gone to a wizard school. Hard-hitting topics. If you had to kill a puppy every time your game oh was my sold, God, he's would you continue me. killing puppies? Oh. Professionalism at its finest. Ah, who am I kidding? We're just a bunch of guys who love RPGs and love to talk about them at any chance. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. Just search Roleplaying as Smart People on this Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and pretty much everywhere else. See you soon.